Welcome to the Crush Your Mountain Podcast. I'm Henry Gaskin, Certified Health and Life Coach and CEO and founder of Christmas Transformational Coaching Service based out of Raleigh, North Carolina, helping people everywhere to improve their health, wellness, and personal growth. In each episode, we'll cover subjects dealing with those topics, and you'll hear personal stories of individuals who've confronted mountain-sized challenges and how they succeeded against them. You'll also get tips on improving your health, creating your wellness, and finding your path. I believe that we are all in a stage of becoming. The challenge is to be intentional about outcomes. My goal is to help you to conceive and commit to your goals, refine and rework to achieve the best step forward, undertake your path with courage and determination, sustain the practice in the face of obstacles, and habituate the process for your ultimate success. It's time to take charge of who you are becoming and create your best life. Welcome to Crush Your Mountain Podcast. Today, I have a real special uh, special person coming on, Miss Lisa D. Lisa West. She is actually coming in at this moment. So we're going to welcome her in, and I will tell you about her as she comes in. But I want to, I want to ex- tell you exactly what we're discussing. It's a fascinating discussion, and I think you're going to benefit from it, and a little bit about what I do as well. So let's go ahead and bring her in. She makes her way in here. She is the Lisa West, okay? And I just love the name, the the, the D before the Lisa. It's just absolutely amazing. And we're going to see, hello, D. Hello, Lisa. Hello, Miss West. I can't see you. We can't hear you. While she's coming on. What we'll be discussing today is a very fascinating subject, the idea of dreams and how they affect us. There she is. So here's what, let, let's talk a little bit about the biology of, dream, you know, of dreams, the biology as it works, okay? And then I'll introduce to you this young lady right here, all right? Miss Lisa, Miss Lisa is an amazing person. She is a dream the processing coach, as it were, but what really are dreams from a biological, functional state, okay? From that perspective, your body, over the day, during the day, your body actually, your brain actually develops this amniotic fluid, it it develops, um, you might as well call a processing waste, and when you sleep, your body actually cleanses itself, the brain cleanses itself, and rids itself of that waste, of that buildup. Now, while that's happening, your mind is processing everything that's going on during the day. Did you know that sumo wrestlers, when they train, part of their training, they go through their moves, they fight, they battle, they do what they do, they learn their different steps, they learn the different techniques, and then they have a big bowl, uh, I think it's called chung or choco, one of those big bowls of this stew, but afterwards, they sleep. The reason why they sleep is because that's when the learning 
takes place. That's where the muscle memory takes place. So your brain, while you're sleeping, it puts everything together, all in its place, and it processes all those emotional things. Now, what have researchers said about dreams? Well, according to the World Book Encyclopedia, everyone does. That's a good thing. You might even notice that your dog dreams, too. Most of those dream for about 100 minutes during an eight-hour period of sleep. So dreams are a normal part of the human experience. Dr. Alan Hobson of the Harvard Medical School, she says, they are ambiguous, ambiguous stimuli, which can be interpreted in any way a therapist is predisposed to, but their meaning is actually in the eye of the beholder, not in the dream itself. The New York Times made, made this point. Within the school that places great value on dreams, there are many approaches to finding the psychological message of dreams, each reflecting different theoretical outlooks. A Freudian will find one kind of meaning in a dream, while a Jungian, one who follows the works of Carl Jung, will find another. And then a Gestalt therapist who follows that concept will find still another. But the view that dreams have psychological meaning at all comes under strong attack from neuroscientists but actually they have specific meaning to the individual, you see. Now, here's the key. Dreaming is most common, some interesting facts here. It's most common during the morning. So towards the morning, that's when you're gonna most likely have it. You might find that you remember your dream better just after awakening in the morning. That's because you spend more time in the REM state, the rapid eye movement state of sleep just before awakening. Now, you have those vivid dreams that are a little bit longer. And it's possible to have dreams during the uh, deep sleep, and that's pretty common also throughout the night, but they're likely to be a little bit harder to remember. So you ever wake up and you say, I, man, I had this wild dream, I just can't remember it. That's the key. Now, here's another interesting thing. Less stress leads to better dreams. So think about this for a moment. And this is where the, the hypoglycemia comes in. This is where lowering your glucose comes in. Because when you are stressed, your cortisol is raised, your glucose is higher, and you're dealing with all these different challenges. So what we're going to talk about once we get done um, picking the brains of this brilliant young woman, we're going to talk a little bit about ways that we could lower our glucose levels before we sleep and then upon waking. This is a practice I do with one of my with some of my clients actually so in the meantime I want to share with you this incredible young woman that we had we talked for quite some time the other day I might even share uh, some of our conversation about that later on but in the meantime let me ex express to you my great pleasure and joy of having Miss the Lisa West she is one of the most amazing dream processing coaches I have ever come across. Welcome to Crush Your Mountain Wealth, Health and Wellness. Thank you so much for having me, Henry. You're so delightful. And thanks for the primer on dreams. You know, the average person dreams about what you said, 100 minutes, two hours every night. So if you think about a third of our life is spent sleeping and two hours of that one third of every night is spent dreaming. There are some beautiful messages and ideas that you're processing in dreamland 
that if you don't remember your dreams, that's wisdom that's just gone right past you. So when I help people remember their dreams, I have a couple easy ways to do it. And one, have a piece of paper. It could just be a scrap of paper like this and something to write with right next to your bed. So if you wake up in the night and you're having some dream that, oh man, just write it down in the dark. Don't even wake yourself up. Just try to scribble down what, you know, three bullet points of your dream. Or in the morning, when you wake up in the first 10 minutes, that's when you should write down your dream. If you wait until after that, those dreams are just gone. They're woof, unless they're really, really scary or really, really exciting in some way. Like some dreams, some dreams you'll just notice it's just a dream. You're processing what you're learning about or what you're doing during the day. You're visiting the store that you went to. It's that's that dream doesn't really mean anything. It's just kind of clearing out your brain, right? But some dreams that are frightening or recurring or very, very bright and colorful, those are, in my opinion, meant for us to remember because there's a message in there from ourself to ourself, or you might say from your higher self to yourself. You know, that's an interesting point, you know, because it really, um, many times we wonder how things relate to ourselves, so to speak. You know, uh, human beings find meaning. That's how we exist in life. We look at things in terms of things that have specific meaning. It could be simply just taking a look at something. You're walking past and you see a sign and that sign is a certain color and that color has a certain representation in the mind of the individual, not necessarily about necessarily everyone else. But now it's interesting when it comes to dreams, you know, it's the waking life experiences. And so when, as you mentioned, when a person you know, takes those times, takes that time to, to, to do, take the steps beforehand to create a space, to have proper sleep, proper rest, and dispel the stresses of the day, aren't you more likely to have a better dream? Yes. Yes. And, you know, it just popped into my mind, so I'll erp it out. I met a guy a few years ago, a friend of a friend, who said that every morning, and wouldn't this be lovely, every morning he and his wife would get up, they'd sit around with their cup of tea or coffee, and they would talk about what they dreamt about the night before. That's nice. They would share it with one another. I also think that when you have a dream that kind of stays with you and you're thinking about it, Whoever you decide to share it with is important. Sometimes that dream wasn't really for you, but what you're saying to a friend might just trip something in the what in what they're doing or thinking about that shifts them in some way that's a real benefit. That's amazing because so many, like you said, um, it may have a certain meaning to the receiver, so to speak, the the the, the, the or let's just call it the dream generator. But the person that he, they share that with, that may have a totally different meaning. Now, you know, here's an interesting thing. I want to tell you, I want to tell you a little bit about um, a, an experience that I had, or actually my grandma had, that occurred to me. And then I wanted to, to tell me, I'd like you to tell us about how dreams have affected 
uh, shaped history in terms of invention, things like that. So first of all, my um, my grandmother told me this, and she, because my grandfather had died, he was a traveling minister throughout the West Indies, and um, you know, and he died after he came to this country. He built a store and had a nice little company, things like that. But um, he had died before I was born. Well, I remember my grandmother. She told me that she, uh, she, 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 she woke up and I was in the I was in the bed across the room. So I heard her kind of cry out, but not like out of fear. And then she told me in the morning. She says, "You know, I dreamt that." My that your that that your grandfather was there, and he touched my feet, because he used to like to tickle him. And she said, and she, and so she cried out, Sam, you know, and that was an amazing experience. And so it shows, and for her, it was a confirmation of the closeness and uh, of their marriage, you know, right, and. And 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 how much she missed him, but also how glad she was that he didn't suffer too long, you know. Also, I believe Henry that did you ever see the movie The Sixth Sense? I'm not. I'm familiar with the synopsis. It's like this guy doesn't know he's dead, but but he sees dead people. Like you know, I see dead people. I have a friend who believes, uh, many people that I know believe that if you have passed over, so the people that aren't still alive, I believe their energy still exists on another dimension that we can't even imagine here when we're in our human bodies. And they can communicate with us and they're always still with us, loving us up. I believe your grandfather came to touch your grandma's foot in real life, but she can't see him when her eyes are open. She could only see him while she was in the dream state. That's interesting. You know, it's one of those things that if there are so many cultures that have similar concepts. One of the things that, um, that uh, I've come to appreciate and learn was how the, you know, and I come from a, I come from a biblical background and in that space, the discussion of the dead is a little bit different than most people kind of see. So, <laughs> from a from a perspective of 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 the of the Old New Testament, it will say, "Well, the dead know nothing," and that they and 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 even in Psalms it says that in that day, in the day of their death, their thoughts perish. The 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 energy as to it dissipates, but goes back to God. So how do we reconcile? Well, it says, well, the person's in the, in the memory of God. But here's what's amazing about this. You see, imagine there being a time when that energy is, re is coalesced back into solidity, into human form, into a, a being awake and conscious with you and I. We could call that a resurrection, which is kind of discussed in both Old and New Testament. You know. But here's the interesting thing. These days, people are learning, and I know that you train individuals to do that. People are learning to take charge of what they're dreaming because many times they may have a bad dream and they may realize that they're in the dream, but they don't know 
what to do. So they wake up screaming or they actually they wake up palpitating or in many cases you wake up and their glucose levels are so high because of the fear that's generated, the fight, the fight or fight stage upon waking. So when you work, walk people through, do you, do you walk people through lucid dreaming so that they can take charge of things like that? Absolutely. And lucid dreaming is, it, it's like dreaming, uh, graduate level dreaming, right? Okay. There are people who practice lucid dreaming and they have ways to know if they're in a dream. In fact, one guy tried lucid dreaming so much and he wrote a book about it. And he said so he got to the point where he didn't really know if he was awake or if he was dreaming. So he had a trick. If he was walking across a field and he hopped up and he came back down to earth, he was awake. But if he hopped up in dreamland, he would keep floating up and up and up and up. And then he would say, oh, okay, I'm in a dream. And if you're in a lucid dream, there are a couple ways. Sometimes you're just, you know, you're in the dream, but you're just watching the dream like a movie. Sometimes you're in the dream and you are a character in the dream and you can change it. Mm. For me, if I'm having a super crazy nightmare and I'm about to like try to run, you know, in dreamland, you can't run. You're trying to run, but you're, you're not running because in real life, your body is paralyzed. So you can't really run and nice. punch your partner while you're sleeping. And so sometimes I'll have those, I can't, I can't run or I can't scream. And then I'll go, oh, wait, I'll realize in the dream that I'm dreaming. Yes. And then I can remember that it's my dream and I can shift it if I want to. So I can turn around and say, why are you chasing me? Or if I'm falling down a cliff, I can go, oh, it's a dream. I can climb or I can fly. And usually what happens for me, because I'm, I haven't practiced it enough, to really stay in the lucid state of dreaming, I suddenly shift the dream and then I wake up. Well, but it's better than screaming myself awake. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So now tell us about the very around the, the earliest times of your doing that. We, we had a chat and it was- Oh yes, I'd love to share that story. So maybe I'm, I'm four years old mm -hmm. and I'm having a dream. And in the dream, I'm walk, I grew up in Seattle, Washington, so it rained a lot. So this is a realistic scene in my dream. I'm walking around underneath my auntie's deck who live next door and the rain is dripping down and I could see like a very shallow mud, you know, puddle I was walking on on this patio. And I look around in my dream and I see rub-a-dub-dub, three men in a tub. And they were real men in this dream, like big hairy guys. And they were, one guy was scrubbing his back and bubbles were everywhere. Another guy was smoking a cigar. And the cigar smoking guy said, hey, little girl, come over here. And I said, no. And he said, yes, you have to. And in the dream, I put my hands on my hip and I said, I don't have to do anything because this is my dream. And if I want to, I can just wake up. And he said, no, you can't. And so I said, watch. And in the dream, I squeezed my eyes shut really, really, really tight. And when I opened them, I was in my bed awake. And I was so excited because I was four. And I, and I thought, I'm going back into that dream and I'm going to say neener, 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 see? And I went right back to sleep, but I didn't go back into that dream. The amazing thing about that, you know, is that, so, so for you sharing that with me, it shows that 
at an early age, you had a strong sense of self. Mm, yes, thank you. You were very independent. You know, you 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 know you, you were one that you were you were. No one was going to tell you what to do unless you decided you were going to do it, and that's the way hey, you lived your life. That's so beautiful because think about it. That dream could have been a nightmare. I mean, there's a big hairy guy with a cigar and he's making me come over there. Like what would be next? <laughs> I mean, I don't know what would be next. I was four, but I wasn't going for his trick. <laughs> Very powerful indeed. So tell us this, you know, when I work with it, with my clients, um, one of the things that I have done is help them to develop a gratitude practice before going to bed and upon waking. Yes. And okay, have you found in your work that that helps to regulate a person in their dreaming? Oh, 100%. And almost everyone I ask to do that doesn't do it consistently. Have you found that for your people too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then, then, but I, I have one person that comes to mind is a fellow who had gone through a divorce, but he wanted the he wanted he still was in love. Mm -hmm. He said to me that you know after doing the gratitude practice, he did not have a nightmare, but he dreamt that his wife ascended out of a golden pool and she was covered in gold and he says i think that means that she's coming back to me and that we're going to be rich i love it and i said well and no it didn't happen but the gratitude uh, had he continued to do it effectively perhaps the dream might have been a little bit more of a more of a resolution as opposed to a continued yearning. You see what oh, I'm saying? Yes, because what, what did it mean that someone would ascend? And what did it mean that someone was golden in, in his own psyche? The, the yes. other thing I love to share with my clients is this kind of redo visualization mm. before they go to sleep. So before they go to sleep, think of five things they're grateful for, of course. And then review their day as if it's, they're watching a movie. Right. And if something went, let's say, wrong, for worst, lack of a better term, something didn't go the well the, the way they wanted to, they rewrite the movie as if it did go well. So let's say they they had an interaction at a store and they were rude to a, a person. Maybe in the movie of their repeat of the day, they were grateful and respectful, and that interaction went differently. Then they go to sleep. It's a really beautiful way to kind of rework how you want your life to be. Yes, indeed. You know, I'll tell you one of the challenges, and this is why being in charge, taking charge of yourself, being your, being your health, being your mind, was so important. The reason why it's so important is because really the brain is a mechanism that doesn't distinguish between reality and non-reality. Case in point, you see, if I say don't think of an eggplant, all of those who know what an eggplant is, you just thought of it. Right on. And now, now those that don't know what an eggplant is, they probably thought of eggs growing out of the ground. You see, 
they'll get an eggplant, you see. They had to, some, to think of something, you see. So that's the way the mind is. So now here's the other thing. When we have a good experience or a bad experience, when we remember those things, especially if they are intense, when we remember it, our body responds as if it was happening all over again. So if we are in the process, if we take the action, take the initiative and relive the good experiences or the negative experiences, as she said, reframe it. Because you and I are on the same page. We take our clients and we reframe those experiences so that they can become positive and we live that. See. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure you've done this exper experiment with people, but if people don't believe that their mind controls their body, mm. I have them close their eyes. You could do this if you want to play along. Close your eyes for a moment and visualize that you have a ripe, juicy lemon in your hand. And in your imagination, bring it up to your nose and smell it. And now in your imagination, safely cut that lemon in half. You see the juice spilling into your palm. I bring it up. I'm salivating already. I can't even go. I can't even go. The there. end of the question is: Did you salivate? I did. I said hundred percent. The minute you said lemon, I started thinking lemon, and, and that's what happens. Okay, hundred percent. You know, I forget who said. It. I think it's more of a Chinese proverb or a Chinese legend, and it said the man went to sleep and dreamt that he was a caterpillar that turned into a butterfly and flew. And when he awoke, because of the vividness of the dream, he said, am I a man dreaming I am a, bat, a butterfly or a butterfly dreaming that I am a man? Oh, that's so beautiful, Henry. Well, I pulled up my slides for inventions and things that happened in dreamland. Do you want to hear a couple? Okay. Um, did you know Albert Einstein dreamt that he was walking through a farm where he found a herd of cows huddled up against an electric fence? When the farmer suddenly switched the electric fence on, he saw the cows jump back one at a time. Although in his dream, the farmer saw them jump one by one in a Mexican wave. And that's what inspired him to think about the theory of relativity. Wow. The book Frankenstein was written in 1816 by Mary Shelley. Yes. Who had a nightmare. And that was her inspiration for the book. Um, the Beatles song yesterday um, was in a dream. And... He thought that 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 song was so great that he at, for months he didn't play it because he thought he dreamt a song that was already written. Wow. Google, we all go, let's ask the Google, right? Yes. Larry Page had an irrational fear when he was in college that he, he felt like he was an imposter. He thought he was in the university by mistake. Mm -hmm. So he had this anxiety dream where he imagined he could download the entire web onto some computers lying around. So he got up in the middle of the night to do some math. And when he realized it was realistic and plausible, he took two years out of studying and became and created what we now know as Google. Wow. That came from a dream. 
um, other songs, the song Yesterday, the song Satisfaction, mm. the song Purple Rain. Um, apparently, Jimi Hendrix was dreaming he was walking underwater, but he could breathe and everything was purple. Now that's purple haze. Yeah, purple haze. You said purple rain. I'm, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm getting ready to break out my wig and do some do some prints for a second. But, <laughs> but purple haze. I remember. I I was under the impression that it was a there was a perfume of that name that inspired that. I didn't oh. know, you know, because it was, and because there was a girl that wore this perfume. And he was writing it about her, but no, the dream sounds better. Now, here's the thing. Here, tell us about the sewing machine. Oh, the sewing machine was a dream. The the guy was trying really hard to figure out, like uh, multiple people were trying to figure out how to how to have a sewing machine and how to make it work, like how to hook the thread from the top to the bottom, because people just made things with one needle, right? And the guy that finally cracked that invention, had a nightmare that he was being killed by cannibals. And in the dream, he said he died and he knew they were gonna eat him, but he noticed that the spears they, they were stabbing him with had holes in the end. And he, when he woke up, he goes, that's it. The needle has to have, both the needles have to have a hole in them. And then they can, hook, then he invented the, what we now know as the modern sewing machine. Isn't that cool? That is amazing. That's really amazing. So, you know, in your practice, you, you've helped so many individuals and you heal people by means of helping them to process and to understand, and put positive meanings to perhaps some nightmarish things. You know, as it, you know, working with individuals, do you ever work with, uh, with um, uh, post-war veterans? I haven't. Up until now, I haven't. Yeah. But that um, I ask everyone I work with to remember their dreams while we're working because um, there's a message in there for them. Yeah. And many people that I've talked to over the years have said, I don't dream. Well, we know that's not true. Or I don't remember my dreams. Okay. And then probably the next, very next time I talk to them, they're like, oh, D. Lisa, you won't believe it, but I had a dream. And let me tell you, yeah. um, let's see, one of my recent clients that I'm working with had a dream where she was working with these. In the dream, there were uh, indigenous people mm -hmm. showing her how to play this instrument that was very tall and she had to blow into the top of it. And one of her longings is to be more creative with her music. And I said, wow, what do you think that dream means? She's like, well, I don't know. It's so interesting because you might say you don't know and someone you tell it to is like, hmm, do you think that means you could be more creative with maybe a musical instrument or maybe something you use to with your breath? Ah, huh. maybe, maybe not. You know, that's some of the things sometimes the experience is so close that they need the outside source to help them to understand or get a sense of what of, of the connections, you know? And that's well, and sometimes also, Henry, I think sometimes we're not really ready to change. You probably find that with your people. Right. They, they, there's a part of them that wants to change. 
and there's a part of them that wants to stay the same. And so we're, we're, we're kind of working with those parts of ourselves. So when I write down my dreams in my own personal dream journals, I started years ago writing down, I write real life or RL what's happening like during the day. Mm-hmm. And then I write the dream because if I look back in my dreams from years ago, I'm like, Oh, pff, of course I know what that means now. Right. Um, and when I can, and sometimes I, I was like, I don't know what it means because I don't have a context into where I was. I write down the day, but I don't remember what I was doing that day. So sometimes the dream is very instant, like what's happening in my life, what I'm processing. And the dream is like a message on how to get over a barrier or or a good idea, maybe an invention that might come to me, <laughs> what I should do for my next talk, or my maybe I should write something on my blog. Um and so, yeah, I write down what, what's happening when I'm awake and what's happening in the dream. That so, way you can do it later. That's amazing. Well, you know, uh, y- y- your smile is a dream by itself. <laughs> Thank you. So and we're really happy that you took the time out to share information with us and um, help individuals have a, 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 a perspective that mind and body are one. And therefore, when you dream and you're processing those things, it actually helps you to learn, helps you to create, it helps you to have a deeper sense of the world around you, and you are inspired and can inspire others. But I wanted to ask you this one last question before before we uh, finish. And this is the question I ask all of my guests. You know, you have such a tremendous a wealth of knowledge, and you use that, you use your powers for good. We look, we appreciate that. And it goes back, even down back to your childhood and your own experiences. It's beautiful that you, you have used that for so long. So my question to you, Miss D. Lisa West, what does it mean for you to crush your mountain? Ooh, ooh. You know, as life has gone by, that is a different answer with every era. Like when I was a young woman, I just wanted to have like this cool job. Right now, I want to be, I want to live my life as an inspiration for others. I want to help them let go of beliefs and behaviors and belongings that no longer serve them. So I just feel like I'm a catalyst to listen to people and to to really just be a compassionate listener so that they can hear what they need to tell themselves, right? Everybody knows what to do. Yeah. Well, amazing. We're not supposed to tell everybody that you that you were a young woman. We don't know that. We, we think you're pretty young at this point. <laughs> but what's even more powerful is being the catalyst for change. Here she is living the dream as it were. But understand everyone that when you take the time to go within yourself, you see, you are now processing the things that you experienced during the day. You're able to take control of yourself even more so and help others to do so. So I just want to encourage you. Where can we find you, Lisa? Tell us where can we find you? 
Oh, you can find me everywhere. I, I, I have a website called coachingwithd.com. I have a YouTube channel, same thing at coaching with D and I'm on the Instagram and the Facebook and all the other places. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, we look forward to finding you and, and, and observe you and learning a little bit more. And in the meantime, friends, um, here's what we want to encourage you to do right now. If you are of the mind to do so, okay, we're going to just do a little bit of a trick. We want to help everyone to get into a gratitude practice. All right. And I'm going to tell you what, this is not a, a new thing. This goes back thousands of years. The Psalmist David in speaking to, in, 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 his, in his prayers to God says that, that your blessings are too numerous to recount. So he had a gratitude practice. He counted the blessings that he received and individuals on a personal level do, do that. And so right now, if you'd like to do this, here's the idea. And what the purpose of having this gratitude practice for yourself is to lower your glucose, to lower your blood pressure. You can slow your heartbeat, regulate your body, and come into a space of power or personal power for yourself. So, friends, we're going to invite you right now. And this is something I work with my clients with. We're going to do the, well, I'll tell you what. How about we do the rest and digest for sleep? In other words, so we're going to, so before we go to sleep, let's do that right now. So we're going to invite you now to close your eyes. And just settle with yourself. Listen quietly to the sound of my voice. Feel the surface that you're resting upon. It could be the bottom of your chair. It could be your bed. But just keep your eyes closed. Notice the breeze that be blowing. Notice the sounds of the ambient room that you're in. Breathe in and for a few seconds. So we're going to breathe in now. We're going to breathe in for four seconds and then we're going to exhale for four seconds. Inhale, one, two, Three, four, exhale. One, two, three, four. Inhale. One, two, three, four. Exhale. One, two, three, four. This time we're going to inhale and we're going to hold it. Inhale for four and hold it. Inhale, one, two, three, four. Hold, two, three, four. Release it with a sigh. You feel the relaxation, you feel your body. Lose all the attention all that pent-up energy. And now, 
as you're laying there in this relaxation state. Think deeply about the joys that you've experienced. What beautiful thing happened for you today? What beautiful person is in your life? Hold that face in your mind's eye. Imagine them smiling at you. And the thank gives thanks for that person. The family that you have. See them in your mind's eye. Feel the love that you have for them in your heart and give thanks for that person. The sunshine that you experience when you step outside. Feel the beautiful sun on your face, the crisp, cool air or the warm summer day and give thanks for that day. And now think about the evening that has come, the fact that you are back safe and it's nice and quiet and things have settled down. And for the next few moments, you have peace. You can rest and be at peace and give thanks for having that peace. Think about the wonderful things that you have in store and know that these things will be with you as you sleep. And as you begin to breathe now, you can breathe as if you are sleeping. Long, deep breath in, long, deep breath out. And now, Feel the joy of a full rest and a good night's sleep. Once again, we want to thank Miss V. West, Lisa, for being with us today. We'll open our eyes so we can look at the, again at that beautiful smile and the delightful personality and energy. And we're going to tell everyone, once again, as I always say at this time, don't just climb your mountain, crush through it. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye, this Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of Crush Your Mountain. Remember, we deal with health, wellness, and personal growth. And each week, we will have a guest featuring one of those categories. If you would like support in losing weight, reversing type 2 diabetes, or dealing with a specific challenge in your life that you just need the support or help you get through, feel free to reach out by means of Instagram, where you'll find me at Diabetes Weight Loss Henry Gaskins, or Crush Your Mountain Hankster OG. Subscribe to my Crush Your Mountain YouTube channel, where you'll see bonus content featuring an eclectic array of guests. Join my Facebook group where I go live each week and get behind the version of this episode that you're listening to right now. Finally, for a free session with me personally, 
DM me on Instagram. Call or text me at 434-218-1198. That's 434-218-4198. I am Henry Gaffney, certified health and life coach, public speaker, educator, and this is Crush Your Mountain Podcast. And remember, don't just climb your mountain, crush it. See you next time.